In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Uh, this coming week, we celebrate our 34 years in the Orthodox Church. February 8th, we were chrismated, and the 15th of February, uh, we were ordained uh, deacons and priests. So we rejoice uh, in that uh, beautiful moment, the grace of God and the blessing of Patriot Ignatius and Metropolitan Philip Saliba. Um, so let me kind of think about that a bit in regard to the homily today. Um, why did we become Orthodox? Because we saw an, uh, a confusion, um, a kind of a division of ideas in the Christian world, and we saw what it did was it tended to divide people. We were in a community that was very close, and because of two uh, differing opinions, uh, that community divided. It was very painful, very difficult. And so we said we needed something that would be solid, that would be traditional, that would stand the test of time, that stood the test of time. And so we began to look into the ancient church, study its theology, its spirituality, and thank God for people like Father Alexander Schmemann, Father Thomas Hopko, and Bishop Dimitri, and all those that kind of helped us move in this beautiful direction, continue to, uh, to guide us and be with us on this journey to kind of move to a place where we were no longer confused. We were part of the ancient church that had stood the test of time for 2,000 years, that had a solid theology, a solid spirituality, um, a solid ecclesiology, and there was authority. We had a bishop <laughs> who, could, who, could hand, who could solve disputes. They didn't have to clash. They were solved. So all this we drove us, and I thanks be to God for this, because we're, we're in a really beautiful place in the Christian world, solid. But we see, too, I think, confusion even around us now. Uh, and I think you would say that uh, the most persecuted religion in the world today is Christianity. Sadly. It's, it's a, we're not just being, uh, how to say, uh, kind of put to the side, although people are trying to do that. We're being accused. There's accusations coming against us. And as we hear in the epistle, this is not new. St. Paul says, when they were, as they began to form the church, these accusations came against the church then. And they continue to come against us even now. But we have responses to these accusations. And I want you to, I want, I'm going to share the accusation and I want you to say, Here's where we plant our flag. Here's what we believe. So the accusation first. You're imposters. This is the accusation of the Pharisees. 
Where do we plant our flag? We say, no, we're not imposters. We are Christians. We follow Christ, Christ crucified, risen from the dead, who sits on the right hand of the Father. He, he will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. That's where we plant our flag. They're unknown. No, the world may, the world may think they're passing us by. But we're well known to God, to the Father, who's without beginning, the all-holy good and life-giving spirit, and to our Lord Jesus Christ. We're known. They can talk about being unknown, not known, unknown, but we are known. That's where we plant our flag. You're dying. Your faith is ineffective. It's dying. No, we plant our flag here. We live with a great history of all the saints that have gone before us and have taught us and pray for us and pray with us to endure the struggles we face. Look around you. We're not dying. We live punished for what we believe. No, here's where we plant our flag. We are not killed, for nothing separates us from the love of God. Not death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. This is where we plant our flag. You're a sorrowful bunch. You're not keeping up with the new things. No, we rejoice for God is our strength. He's our firm foundation, our refuge, and our deliverer. That's where we plant our flag. You're poor in knowledge and understanding. No, beloved, we're rich in the treasures of heaven. Present here with all the saints and the angels, standing at the throne of God, worshiping with them, and we touch that moment for us in eternity. And this last accusation, I love it. You have nothing. No, we possess everything. We're children of God. We're members, possessors of the kingdom of heaven. We stand with the Lord Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Mother of God, and all the saints and the angels. No, beloved, we don't have nothing. We have everything. So these accusations, beloved, I think we need to stand. We need to know where we plant our flag when we hear these things. Stand up against them and say no to them. So how do we kind of get this into our life, because we can say it, but we have to have experiences that kind of bring this, these, these words into reality. So how do we do this? The gospel text teaches us that uh, we've been given talents. We've been given abilities by God. Uh, and I think there's two things I'd like to emphasize in relationship to this. One, a talent to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to work at that. 
We need to understand how important that is in our life, our interior universe, as Father Roman Bogda calls it, the interior universe. You know something? It's bigger in here than it is out there. It's greater in here than the universe out there. That's how big it is inside. You know, Father Roman was uh, in prison several times in Romania and for two years in solitary confinement. And when he left solitary confinement, he kissed his pillow because he said, that's where I met God. He went in. He took care of the interior universe. We need to see how important that is. Somebody's asked me, uh, what are you going to do as you grow older? <laughs> I said, well, it's already happening. I'm going to start lo losing my facilities. <laughs> I'm going to stop being able to do stuff, right? So what needs to happen? I really encourage, I need to get really good about being in here. Because that's going to get bigger and bigger. So I would encourage us all to make this effort. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Make an effort there. Spend time in there. Exploring. There's many ways we can do this. Our prayers, our fasts, our alms, all these things that God has given to us, the church, our petitions, our confessions, all these things are before us. Uh, so my encouragement to you is make an effort to, to go inside Explore that universe. Just spend time quiet with God. And then secondly, I think, in relationship to this effort, the talents we've been given, every home needs to be a little church. We need to work on this. And I was talking to Father Simeon this last week, and, and this is going to be an effort we will make with you to make the home a little church. So you're, you have a, a, a beautiful altar, and you pray, and you prepare for the feast, all these things that we can do. I was thinking about this. A hundred little churches coming to the church. That's powerful. A hundred little churches preparing to come to church. Wow. We'll knock the roof off this place. So important, I think. You see these two things. One, the interior work we need to do, but also that which we live around. It should be that which uh, exhibits, shows forth the kingdom in many, many ways, all the ways we can do that. So that's one. How else can we make these words that we uh, affirm, affirm our faith, how can they be a part of us? One is, uh, St. Paul says, to endure difficulties. Through great endurance, afflictions, hardships, and for us to understand how to go about this, and I believe to make progress in these areas, we need to turn to St. James in his first chapter. Count it all joy. <laughs> this always throws me. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It's like, what? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, testing of your faith produces patience. But this is, this is the real key. 
but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. So why, when we go through stuff, when we're going through our trials and the difficulties of life, God says, be patient, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm taking care of you. Endure to the best you can. Do your best. I'm with you. Sometimes we fail, sometimes we succeed. But this sense of kind of continuing in this effort to be with God, praying to God in difficult circumstances. What's it doing? It's building patience. And guess what? Patience will have its perfect work. And you will be complete, lacking nothing. That's why you count it all joy. That's why you can say joy in trial. So we need patience, beloved. God is at work in us, in our church community, and in this world. Believe it. He's sovereign. He's providential. He loves us. He loves this world. He's saving it. That doesn't look like it at times. <laughs> but that's the work he's doing. We don't know this. We don't see it from his perspectives. And then to be thankful. To maintain a love and a devotion to God so that in our efforts and going through difficult times, all things will work for good. So, beloved, be encouraged. God is with us. We are his children, temples of the Holy Spirit, members of the kingdom, following our Lord Jesus Christ with patience and gratitude. May we continue then to draw near to God ourselves, with our families, with our friends in our community. Say we may hear these words. Well done, good and faithful with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.